Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Aaron Battle. My name's Kurt Robinson. And today we want to talk about shifting realities. Yeah, we talk Split about it. realities. A whole, whole bunch of shit. We talk about uh, what's what's real. Are your memories real? Are you real? How do you know if anything's real? Renee Descartes, I think therefore I am. Uh, we talk about how obsession might lead to superpowers, the Hatha Yoga Pranapika. The the, uh, the the effect of being a psychic card player. Um, what else? <laughs> we, uh, we jump in a few stories at being invisible, yeah. you know, and, and what invisibility, what that might entail and the ability to transfer thoughts and read minds, mm. you know, through like real life examples, which is, which is cool because I don't know the science. <laughs> I don't know if there is any science. I, I don't know if anything we say in this episode can be can be backed up or verified by science, empirical research. Eh, there's probably a, li- a little bit. Actually, there's uh, there's uh, there's some interesting psychic research, but we don't talk about that at all. Um, and we also talk about the importance of trimming your balls. So <laughs> all that presentation. Yep. Is key. Yep. So jump on over to Facebook. Press like. Uh, hover over the like button, press get notifications, get those notifications jammed into into your Facebook feed, uh, hit, hit the notifications button, Go, jump on over to YouTube, press like, press subscribe, uh, jump on over to podcast, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes and head on over to theparadiseparadox.com. You can look through our previous episodes. You can press the donate button. Uh, give us a, a, a little tip there by Bitcoins, Altcoins, PayPal, and that does help us out a lot. Helps helps us maintain our high level of production value and, and shoot new episodes, head out into the jungle, into, into Colomos Trace and, and uh, show you what, what's going on with the mangoes at the, the bottom of the valley and I don't know where I was going with that. And then you can uh, jump on over to theparadiseparadox.com. You see up the top, there's a link, shop Amazon. You can head on over to Amazon, buy a bunch of gold-plated AK-47 shaped dildos, send them to your mom's place as a Christmas present um if that's your kind of thing maybe you just into that you sick fuck um well, but that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice big red bow and ribbon sitting on the top there so that's one thing you can do that that'll help us out a lot because uh we do get a little commission from that every time you buy something from amazon through that link so if you're going to have a window shop or got something in mind to buy um then you can head on over and do that at amazon yeah. So let's get into it. So I think this is going to be this has been requested by popular demand has for it? the for the original craziness. <laughs> it was requested by you. Is that what you <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm the original. <laughs> okay, okay. You're the original founder of the Paradise Paradox, and you requested it. So it's it's right. It goes right to the top of the list. Well, okay. <laughs> we um, today's topic is kind of kind of hit the bone. Because it just kind of started what we what we talked about for the last half an hour, and we're like, you know what? Let's just record it. It's like this is like real Let's time. Record this bullshit. Real, real <laughs> life. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So let me tell you this this story about a dream I had. I was, uh, I, I think I, I was sitting down in this dream, and uh, and um, I started to become lucid. And I thought, well, I better do my my regular dream check like I normally do. I better look at my hand, and um, of course, it, it's e- it's even better if you remember beforehand how many fingers are on a hand. And you're like, well, pretty sure there are five, five fingers. Okay, it's pretty real. But <laughs> in this dream, I, I I I went to do it, or I thought about doing it, and then suddenly I had this memory. I was like, well, I just checked. Uh, two minutes before 
I swear I did. Um, I know, like two minutes before I looked at my hand and uh, it was fine. It was normal. Um, there, was, there was nothing unusual about my hand. And I had, the, for, for a brief moment, I had a, a, a glimpse or a, the impression of a glimpse of, of my hand uh, two minutes before. Complete, normal, five-fingered. Then uh, I thought, well, I'm going to double check just, just to be sure doesn't hurt to check so of course I, I look down and there's like uh, two of my fingers are kind of floating off in, into the not into the distance but into the <laughs> like like my hand is rather indistinct like my fingers are kind of cloudy or wispy or something like that um, they're kind of just drifting off they've got no solid form and I'm like hmm I guess I am in a dream <laughs> um, so the thing about this is I, I thought about it the the other day. I was walking around the expiatorio, getting some vegan tacos or whatever, and, and uh, I I started thinking. Well, you know, every time I look at something here, I can have a kind of memory about it. Uh, like I can remember all of the times that I've been to the expiatorio and sitting sitting by that fountain and and walking around here and I remember that my my house is just two blocks away my old house and, and I, I see this um, the the lady selling guajibaras this kind of shirt uh, and I remember that that they're called guajibaras because. Perhaps because um, farmers used to carry guajabas in in the pockets, or because the pockets are big enough to carry a guajaba, more or less. Um, but nobody actually knows why they're called that. It's just the the, the popular name. Uh, but how do I know that that anything to do with that memory is real or not? Well, there's, there's there's no way I can possibly know that. And now I'm by by that time I'm sitting by the fountain. I'm thinking, well, you know, just a second ago I was walking by. The, the the temple and looking at the markets and looking at a guajabera and 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 thinking about the name of a guajabera, but I don't even know if that memory is real. There's no way. I, there's no way I can possibly know. Um, and this is like with Rene Descartes. He's he's like, uh, I went through my life systematically. <clears throat> Doubting things, systematically questioning things, and, and not a lot holds up to scrutiny until the in, until the point where you go, well, actually, I'm conscious. I mean, I'm definitely perceiving something, and that's why we have that expression, "cogito ergo sum," or "I think, therefore I am." Uh, and that's the that's the only thing you can ever really know. Um, <clears throat> but this, then I started thinking about. The the idea that when you get obsessed with something, you actually d- develop a a superpower. I actually had this. I remember I had this experience many years ago, where I I I knew a girl, and at first when I met her, she wasn't very attractive, but I remember there was a, a there was a distinct moment. Uh, where she looked at me again, and I was like, "Hang on, this uh, this woman is very attractive." What was I thinking? Uh, and it's like she she changed very suddenly, uh, and I know she was like like a, a sex addict. She's like obsessed with with sex to some degree, or she she was at one stage. Uh, and I'm not sure this this happened a long time ago. I'm not sure how much of this is my own impressions and my, and my own. Uh, imagination, um, but my my I, I pieced this story together in my own mind where she'd become obsessed with sex and just couldn't stop thinking about sex, uh, and and to the point where she could actually control how attractive she was um, to to some extent. Uh, and this is a it it also ties into the, these ideas. Uh, in in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika and the the uh, Yoga Sutras, where uh, it, it talks about, or especially in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, it, it talks about where you have um, you you get to the point of sh- samadhi, um, like the the point of where you can you have absolute focus on on a concept and everything else blocks out. It's like nothing else even exists. 
except this one concept, you, your focus is that strong. Um, and what happens is that it, it goes through in, in this book, it goes through and kind of lists some of the, the superpowers or, or perfections that you can gain uh, by practicing samadhi on these on these concepts and it it go it goes through and says things like uh if you go let's see if you focus on a certain nerve in your body you meditate in a certain nerve on your body then you gain the ability to walk on water and if you focus on consciousness itself then you actually gain the ability to slip into other people's brains uh like you you'll never die because at at the point of death you can just and your consciousness can enter somebody else's head and continue like that movie being John Malkovich. Uh so so that was um <laughs> I, I got a few notes. It's just that you've covered so much ground. <laughs> and uh you know I think we're gonna have to just in the next hour is just gonna be rehashing all that and busting these ideas. But, yeah. But yeah. these superpowers, that wasn't the main reason why I started yoga, but it's definitely going to be part of the reason why I'm going to get back into like these daily, these daily rituals. I think the, the, mm. the idea of getting like your focus super fine, mm. you lose track of time. Yes. Like, yes. Even just breathing exercises, you, you lose, you, you have no idea of, of saying, you know, have I, I've, I've been holding my breath. Has it been two seconds or two hours like your mind just expands so big in that short period of time mm. uh, that, that's um it's incredible and it's so uh it's so peaceful yeah but um apparently th- this idea of super focus and, and getting superpowers is is like a serious evolutionary thing and you know they link it to to dolphins they say that yeah. dolphins were able to develop sonar and you know echolocation and being able to uh, communicate with them with themselves. I mean, they got they got a, a much bigger, more advanced brain, mm-hmm. and they think. Well, this is what scientists say. Uh, they believe that that's happened because they they don't sleep. Mm. Like the dolphin doesn't it doesn't sleep ever. He just shuts off half the brain and starts operating the other half of the brain, but it's constantly awake. So that constant awake has affected them to evolve completely different compared to, you know, old human beings that, that shut both sides of their brains up every night. Mm. And, that's, I mean, that's really interesting. If we were able to, to sleep less and control each hemisphere of the brain separately, what would we develop? Boogus. I, I, I don't know. I have no, I have no idea. It, it would, would be, probably it would be a lot of strain on the brain. <laughs> it would probably be some something like Leonardo da Vinci. The guy, I mean, the guy only slept about an, an hour or two hours a day, and uh, constantly writing and and coming up with new ideas, um, inventions which which wouldn't actually be tested until hundreds of years after his death, uh, and. But I mean, yeah. what was he was he creating these things or was he channeling these things? I don't know. Because <laughs> because to be to be creative, you need to drop the ego, which is the self. You need to you know just clear the mind completely and let these the ideas or the inspiration flow through you. Hmm. Mm. So yeah, um, that's that's what they say. Like if you don't, if you uh, if if you yeah if you meditate. Before before you sit down to to ride or something like that, then then um, you open up this space for ideas to come in, and that's kind of, kind of this Taoist concept where it's like the the purposefulness of nothingness, <laughs> the usefulness of nothingness. Um, it's the it's the the door in your house that makes the house useful. Without a door, your house is entirely useless. It's invisible. It doesn't. It doesn't exist. They really? until you open the door, that room is zero space. All right. All right. Well, that's a that's another thing. Uh, okay. Um, let's let's jump back to my notes here. Okay. Yeah. So, 
Um, so out of these superpowers, okay, now firstly, the, the, this chick that was obsessed, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was able to change from being unattractive to being attractive. How long did that process take? Like, was that like a, a quick glimpse and dismiss? And then you looked away, then looked back, and you're like, wait a minute, that's the same girl. But there's something different about her. Like, was it that quick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she... Uh, uh, yeah, I remember she... She took her jacket off. And it wasn't like she was stacked or anything. So it's not like I said, I like, ah, like my eyes popping out of my skull because like, I like saw her the, tits or something. <laughs> like the wolf the, on the mask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wa- it wasn't like that because she I mean she she wasn't flat chested but there was nothing Im- so impressive about her <laughs> her, her breasts um, but she did, she she took her jacket off and then I I, I don't know if she let's see it's kind of weird because the way I remember this I, I might have been a little stoned at the time maybe that had something to do with it <laughs> nah. that had something to do with this, this strange. Um, scenario that i've concocted in my head here but but she, she took a jacket off and then and then i looked again and i'm like hmm, okay that's interesting and and i remember it i'm not sure if she she said it or she mumbled it under her breath or if i read her thoughts or imagined it <laughs> cast but, spells on you man uh, yeah possibly um uh, and I, yeah, I remember her saying something like, mm, "No, I, I, I look a bit better now, don't I?" Or something like that. <laughs> oh wow, um, she got you good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was that. That was an interesting experience. Um, so, do you think that might have been okay? If that, if that wasn't her, and that was that was all in in your mind. Well, mm. Or really, that's kind of the way it has to be. Um, well, oh, okay. Because yeah, everything like, is. I'm. I'm a, yeah. You're saying I'm a solipsist now. Everything happens in my brain. No, there's no. <laughs> there's no way to judge independent reality. This, is that what you're saying? Well, Every, everything. Yeah. Everything that I perceive more or less happens in my mind. Yeah, because you, okay. you have to. You have to receive it, like to interpret right. it. So. Do you think it could have been the weed? Like maybe you're you're paranoid and you're like, wait a minute, maybe she's not that attractive, but she's attractive, and you know your own mind put together like this scenario. No, I because- actually, I, I don't think the weed had much to do with it. Okay, well, good. it probably had a little to do with it. <laughs> so she really, so she really sent you a message to say, hey, hey, round two, huh? Does this suit you better? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming yeah, she's dancing yeah, a little this bit, is, I, rocking her shoulders. I feel ridiculous saying it, but yes, that's what I, that's what I think happened. Yeah. Do you still know this uh, girl? No. No, because I, I mean, I, I think I think it's definitely possible. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like it's, I've, I'm just interested. Maybe I got to meet this girl. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I have no idea how you could contact her. I haven't seen her for like more than ten years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, you want to you want to like ask it, do that thing, Pre- flick the switch, change, you know, change your form, change it to your final form. Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, because and she it, goes I, super saiyan. It swells up like the Incredible Hulk or something. <laughs> well, I think when when some people have been able to remove the the blockages in their perception of reality, yeah, and they can actually think, like maybe she just took her jacket off and thought, now how do I look? Mm. And maybe that, maybe that is what she was thinking. And mm. because she was able to present that so uh, limitlessly, so clearly without, you know, without, being, without her mind thinking of other things, mm. like when she had such a clear mind, maybe she was able to present that to you. And you actually, you know, being in the, the state of mind where you focused on her, you were able to tune into that. And there was some kind of mind message, like telepathic activity. Sure, sure. Well, you know, uh, um, when I, when I used to play cards like semi-professionally, I would have a, a lot of experiences uh, where, say, I'm like I would play cards with with my friend Steph when we go to the casino, and and it's kind of funny because she, you know, since being female, she's supposed to be empathetic and she's supposed to pick up on on people's emotions and stuff, um, but. Uh, Sometimes when it when it come came down to 
what's the word I'm looking for? It came it came down to a very close decision, like whether I should call or fold on the river, uh, and I would I would get a little bit of extra information because I would be able to detect whether whether someone was was nervous or with, whether they were comfortable or, or whatever. And, and, I mean, you can tell these things by um, by looking at people's e- expressions and micro-expressions and stuff like that. Uh, but that's not, that's, that's not how it came to me. I wasn't looking at their face and analyzing it. I would just feel it. I, f- I feel their, their emotions um, in, uh, in an empathetic way. Though I do remember one time as well, I had the I, I had the distinct impression, and this is like the first time I was playing in in a five hundred dollar buy in game, uh, and uh, this guy that I, that that was on the table, um, I had the distinct impression that he was actually re- reading my mind, um, and it was just this one guy, and it wasn't like uh, I mean I remember t- telling this to my friend Dave later, and he's like, "Well, maybe he was just uh, like an- analyzing your your range and, and figuring it out." I'm like, "No, that's not really what was going on." And I remember like normally my my mind is is more or less calm. Uh, I don't have a, a lot of thoughts crowding up my mind. Uh, but when I w- whenever I was in hand with this guy and he was d- making the decision of whether to 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 call and go go on to the onto the next street, um, I w- I would suddenly the my my cards would pop into my mind and he would look at me, uh, and I was like shit, this motherfucker's reading my mind, and I tried to tried to think of a bunch of random combinations of other cards to throw off his signal, but every time actually he. He made the right decision and, <laughs> and and got away from my strong hands. He so he did pretty well. Like he he, he won yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah, whatever he was doing, it was working. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what you're saying? He developed this skill, or he just had it? Uh, well, it could be either. I mean, but but more likely, uh, I mean, it would be a very rare card player who who walked into a card room and sat down and instead of um instead of focusing on learning to play cards actually tried to jump inside someone's head and elicit mm. the <laughs> elicit the cards that they were holding and, and you know retain that information so well, I, he probably had some let, if, let's say if, that assuming that he actually was telepathic, <laughs> yeah. Let, let's he say probably he was. developed the ability beforehand before he ever started playing cards. He would have found a useful application, but then, yeah. but then you felt that he was uh, making some kind of connection. Yeah, I felt the I felt the presence of another mind in inside my mind, and it was well, judging by the evidence, I would I would say that this is prob- probably his mind. See, that, yes. that sounds that sounds pretty crazy. Yep. You think you know? I well, could you know, feel there's another crazy guy. There's another mind in my mind, but yep. I think, but I, I, but I don't think you're crazy. I think, <laughs> I think that if I felt that, that's what I'd tell you. That's what I felt because, yeah, you know, that's what that's what you feel. It's like exactly. That's, that's, that's a, what it is. There's something else happening yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, and that, that's the unusual thing because I mean, it would be very easy for me to ignore what I felt and just and just say. Uh, if if that was my the framework of my reality, if I, if I didn't think that, that telepathy was possible, um, or that is to say, if if I believed that telepathy was not at all possible, then um, there's there's no way I would have interpreted that sequence of events that way. So this is the this is the funny thing about it, and this is you know this this is a funny thing too because I I used to think for a long time that that um, telepathy actually broke the the physical laws of the universe or something like that uh like there's no way it could happen because it was com- completely outside of the known uh the known laws of physics but that's i mean how is that there's no way you can really construe that as true like if you're trying to say that that's true you would have to say that um say radio radio is is outside the bounds of physical laws because uh, i mean radio depends on waves 
propagating through space. I, I mean, if, if waves can propagate through space, and fucking, what's the big deal with telepathy? And why would it be such a surprise that some, if, if you believe in evolution, uh, why would it be such a surprise that, that people would actually be able to develop some some kind of ability that's analogous to radio? Why would that be so strange? It's not, there's, there's really nothing strange about that at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But in this case, if you were different and yeah. you were a non-believer and you said yeah. there is no way that this ability can ever exist, it just, it's not possible, and you mm. were so strong on that point that mm. if he tried to read your mind, you wouldn't even have acknowledged it. Like yeah. It wouldn't have been part of the reality. And what I'm, what I'm wondering is, in that case, would he have been able to read your cards at that point or not? Mm. Yeah, well... I would say probably, but I guess it it depends because the thing is he's he's thinking under the radar anyway. I mean he's he's working subconsciously, so anything uh, uh, I mean any anything that that I do consciously. This is like I'm I'm kind of speculating here, like when you know how does telepathy work in the real world to form an own science fiction type story here? But any anything that I do consciously that isn't expanding my consciousness into the subconscious isn't going to be able to block him. That's, uh, that's, that's my theory there. But I, I guess there would be people who believe, hmm, let me, let me wonder about that. It's a, it's a difficult question. Because uh, I think I brought up this example before, like the person who, uh, who strongly disbelieves in, in ghosts and you say, hey, come over to my house, sleep on the floor, you know, it's a haunted house and it's like, huh, haunted house, huh? And, and nothing happens and you're like, sweet, thanks, you got rid of my ghosts. <laughs> um, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened in that case because I can kind of picture it happening Either way, I could I could picture someone somehow disbelieving it so strongly that they develop a shield, but I can also picture it as someone who who disbelieves so much that they wouldn't be they um, they wouldn't be able to stop it. So I, I I would I would speculate that it actually depends on the the person and the, their exact mental construct there. Yeah, it seems like all or nothing, like open book or closed book. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd, I want to meet some of these people so that I can ask them, how did you remove the barriers of belief or non-belief to, to allow yourself to do it? Or whether you just woke up one day and you could do it. Because I think if, if you were to realize, no, because, I mean, okay, if you were to realize that, that you are the, the experience, the, the human experience, but you're really the everything else, like, you know, you are the, the one, Mm. Then, uh, then you know, we should all be able to hold spoons and, and bend them as yeah. we wish. Yeah. Until someone walks in the room that says, you're full of shit. You can't bend spoons. And all of a sudden you're like, I swear I did it yesterday. <laughs> and you can't bend the spoon anymore. But alone in your own kitchen, you're bending all kinds of spoons. <laughs> because there's no one there to witness you not do it. Yeah, yeah. Well... Uh, this is a, a weird thing. You know, uh, James <laughs> Randi had the, this, I think he had a TV show. It only lasted like the pilot and I, I think it only lasted a pilot or like two shows or three, three shows, something like that because it was uh, kind of a bizarre concept for for a TV show. And not uh, James Randi was supposed to, you know, at one stage he was a, a showman. Well, he still is a showman, um, but... But he uh, obviously didn't understand why this wouldn't be a, a great, um, a, a great uh, spectacle. Because what happened was, uh, people would come on the show claiming to be psychics or, or using some kind of um, power, which you might, which which Randy might describe as supernatural or paranormal, and and. Uh, they would come on and and they would try to work their magic and and Randy would just glare at them and and try to figure out what they were doing and a lot of the time uh, what happened was these people were just confused like what 
this why isn't this working? This normally works. I don't get it. And uh, like they genuinely believe they didn't go there to be humili- humili- hum- humiliated, but apparently they they gen- genuinely believed that their psychic abilities were going to work. Um, and perhaps the the counter psychic, like the skeptic ability of Randy, actually blocked their psychic abilities, or perhaps they were just severely deluded and and walked into this place with the expectation that their non-existent psychic abilities weren't going to work and and they didn't. Press like on YouTube, press like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes and Pocket Casts, follow us on Twitter at BattleAZ and TroubleBubble and show your support at donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Something which which some people purport to have experienced is is uh, spontaneous human invisibility. Like they're just um, apparently for no reason, nobody can see them for 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 some time. Like you know, for ten minutes, for for an hour, something like that. And uh, there's an in- interesting article here. It's kind of weird. I was just I, I just. Googled this article and I remember this is the exact article I was thinking of uh, that I read like 10 years ago and it's right there. Just Google knows me too well. That's uh, creepy out a little bit. Uh, anyway, so this is uh, like one of the best cases, you know, of, I mean, not best in terms of evidence because th- this is just an article. There's no <laughs> sources cited or anything like that. Um, but this is what it says. How about Janice in Minneapolis, Minnesota, who has had a number of invisibility experiences throughout her life? The one reported here lasted longer than usual. As a teenager, she fell in with a group of friends who decided to see if they could actually steal something from a department store and not get caught. As luck would have it, the entire group was caught and taken into custody, including Janice. They were taken to the police station and one by one they were questioned. All that is, except Janice. Although she was standing right there, no one paid the slightest attention to her. Not the police, the guards, or the office personnel. She finally just got up and walked out of the police station without ever being questioned or anyone attempting to stop her. When she later talked with her friends about what happened in the police station, they didn't even recall me being taken into into custody at the department store. Yet I rode into the police car with everyone else, and they thought I was still at the store. No one had seen her from the moment the police had arrived on the scene in the store until sometime after she had walked out of the police station unhindered. Okay, so 10 years ago, what did you make of that? Well, 10, 10 years ago, I, I think I might have been researching this because of my own experience or I, I, don't, I don't know which came first, my own experience or reading this article. But I remember what happened. Uh, I was... Sitting near the um, the cinema in in uh, in my hometown in Maitland, and just sitting on the on on the footpath, um, probably rolling a cigarette, smoking a cigarette, and, and then uh, I started to meditate, which is you know the kind of weird shit that I do sitting in the, the middle of the street meditating, um, or the kind of weird thing that I did back then, uh, and I, I I looked at my watch and. You know, it was, uh, say, I don't know, five o'clock. Uh, I started meditating and and without realizing it, with, without um, really knowing how, um, suddenly I, I opened my eyes and looked at my watch and it was half an hour later. But it passed just like instantly. I, I didn't even realize and so, but but at the time, it did, it didn't even click with me. It didn't seem odd at all, even though it was ex- extremely unusual. I've never had that experience before or since. Uh, so I got up and started walking, and I walked to the uh, to the riverbank where where a lot of my friends um, used used to do some underage drinking and smoking. Anyway, so so I walked down to the to to the riverbank. And uh, I sat down on one of the benches, and, and I, uh, I, back then I was kind of quiet, so so it didn't immediately seem to me as odd that nobody said hello to me, and uh, I mean I didn't really announce my presence, so I just I've I just assumed that they knew I was there, 
and then um, I remember my friend Daniel was like asking, um, saying we should go buy some more beer or something like that, and I, I, uh, he he needed an extra five dollars, and and I was like, oh, I've got I've got five dollars, and he was there right looking right at me, and I'm waving the five dollar note and. Uh, and I'm saying, look, I've, I've, I've got some money here. Uh, and he, he stared directly at me, but didn't acknowledge any of what I was saying and then returned and, and kept talking as if they ne- still needed $5. And I, I was like, okay, I guess. And then, <laughs> then about, about five minutes later, I, w- I was sitting next to a guy. I, f- I forget his name. I think his name was Mick. Uh, and he uh, suddenly he he was startled and he's like, "Whoa, where did you pop up from?" I'm like, "What what are you talking about?" He's like, "You you just came came out of nowhere. I didn't see you. Just like popped out from the ground." And I was like, "I'm I've been sitting here for a good five minutes. What are you talking <laughs> about?" <laughs> and he's like, "Huh?" <laughs> so that was a pretty bizarre experience <laughs> um and uh, yeah by the way I, w- I wasn't stoned that day but you know my my mind works in mysterious ways so <laughs> yeah. i was trying to make myself invisible yeah we're gonna have to yeah. check the footage oh, okay. see, see how that see how that came out okay okay <laughs> that's a bit where i just uh, cut the camera so it actually just focuses on me and <laughs> Nobody will be able to tell. I'm, I manifest out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I still I, let, let me think about that, that story because you think some people just are that unconscious at times they don't notice their full surroundings, and if you're not jumping out at them from the beginning, they don't. They don't pick up on you, or they don't notice. Yeah, that has something to do with it. Well. Actually, I think it's a. I think it's a spectrum. Like it's not. In in this case, yeah. I I guess I could say I was. As far as I could tell, I was completely invisible for the for that period of time. But I, I do think it's a spectrum, because um, say you have, um, let's say you you know as a sniper will wear a ghillie suit. And it's carefully arranged, so it, so it blends in perfectly the, with the terrain. And to yep. anybody's appearance, he will just look like part of a hedge or part of the part of the ground, part of the hay, or wherever he is. Yep. Um, and um, then you have this the, this idea, like, well, if you want to be invisible, just wear a, a, a plain color shirt, just blue jeans, um, no nothing too flashy, nothing nothing too shabby, just something straight down the line. Of course, you have to adapt it to where you go. And, and then just feel the, like, just blend in, just move into the flow of things. Or if, if you know, if you're a sniper standing up against a, a wall, then you're actually going to focus on feeling like a wall because you want to project that you are a wall. So you, you, you close your eyes and, well, maybe you don't close your eyes, but you quiet your mind and calm yourself and, and focus intently on the idea of being a wall. And, and um, like Carl Jung said, uh, perception is projection. How, how you see yourself is how others will perceive you. And chances are, if, if you do that, like in a public place, you you don't necessarily need to wear a ghillie suit, but if you if you do that and and practice it, probably people won't notice you. They they will just assume you're part of the wall. That's a, that's what happens. But then of course, as soon as you move or you know you break the trance, you you start thinking about something else. Um, then uh, you're going to become very obvious. So yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> now okay, I've, I've got an example. Yeah, I'm thinking. Being here in Mexico, mm. we both stand out. Mm. I think maybe you stand out more than more than I do. Uh-huh. But then there's other times that I feel like I stand out a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, well, when, when you were like wear all these waistcoats and stuff on this fancy clothing with my <laughs> bow ties and, and <laughs> at the beach, <laughs> naturally. Yeah. Um, you well, I mean, it's important to blend in here. So, right. I mean, we've we've done a previous episode about walking the way the locals walk and leaning, mm. uh, whatever. I, like you know, carrying yourself the same way. Mm. But it's it's interesting when someone. Well, this is my understanding of being invisible. When sometimes you would see somebody, like, you know, just, just a normal dude mm. cruising through town, you're cruising through town, maybe to walk around the streets, and then you lock eyes with somebody. Mm. And you lock eyes with them, and, you know, there's a certain feeling that you get. Mm. Like, you know, sometimes you're walking down the street, and you see someone that's looked at you in the eye, and you're just walking down the street. It might just be an acknowledgement you know, we were both walking past here on the footpath, fair enough. But when you're on the opposite sides of the road and you see each other and, you, you know, you're eye to eye, like, you know, there's no reason for you to be acknowledging my presence over here. I'm outside your immediate range, mm. but there's something weird going on here. Mm. Like, there, there's something more than just, I see you. And then in that moment, you get this, this feeling is this person thinks it's weird that I'm looking at them. <laughs> Because that's what you're feeling, right? You're like, why is this person looking at me from across the road? <laughs> but you feel that in them. Yeah. And then it's more than that. It's like, you know, why are you even, how can you even see me right over here? Hmm. If I'm not, you know, I'm not, it's almost like, well, in the case that's happened to me, it's almost like they're passing this message to me. You know, you're not even supposed to see me or they're surprised that I'm even looking at them like, how can you see me? Like, like I get that feeling, how can you see me? But it's like a full moment of like, I acknowledge you're there, you acknowledge I'm here. But the more I think about it, I realize that it's a, it's a cycle because the person <laughs> looks across the road at you and the person's like, why are you looking at me? Why are you, why are you seeing me? Yeah. Why are you acknowledging I'm here? But then that's what you feel, as in me, because that's what I think they're thinking. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm wondering, is that me that's generating that or is that them? Well, it's, it's probably a bit of both. Actually, I remember once I walked into the Black Cat Cafe in Melbourne and, and uh, then um, this the the waitress or the, the girl behind the bar was making this weird face at me and, and we stood staring at each other for like five seconds and, and then at the same time we both said, why are you making that funny face at me? Because <laughs> not realizing I had been making this this odd face too and we'd, we'd like been playing into each other. <laughs> you, get a, you get a number? <laughs> no. no. It wasn't, wasn't a great start to an interaction. <laughs> but um, but you're, you're saying you're both experiencing the same thing. Yeah, and not not being conscious of of the own of our own faces, the odd face that we're both making. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. being so, drawn into the experience removes you from your own unconscious activities. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I think when it's only happened a couple times, but the reaction that I get from this other person that I'm that I'm looking at, or they're looking at me, is like you're not supposed to see me. Like I'm invisible. Mm. But then I think that's. I, I, don't, I don't know where that thought or that idea comes from. But well, that- probably, I mean, if, if it wasn't in your mind, it, it might well have came from this. It's a, well, it reminds me of, I'm sure I've told this story before to some extent, like when, when um, living in Melbourne in, in Q East, there was some, something a bit weird, especially like walking the streets late at night. It's like 11 p.m., 12 p.m. And, and there, I would just notice something like a hedge or like a space in the middle of a hedge and I'd just look at it and 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 I'd suddenly get the feeling like I'm staring right at somebody and and, and they're like, holy shit, this motherfucker gets to me. What the fuck is going on? But there's nothing there. I mean, there's nothing physical. There's nothing immediately obvious. I'm just staring at a hole. Uh, but I get the distinct impression that I that somebody is very worried that I'm looking at them. Hmm. So that's that's kind of like a one-person game of what I'm experiencing. <laughs> one person and one whatever the hell I was looking at. <laughs> but that's that's the thing. Do you think you are looking at something, or are yeah. you projecting someone there? 
no, I don't think I was projecting. I, I think I was actually I was actually observing something. I don't know what it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, that, that that makes you think of what happened to me yesterday. Mm. Um, I'm looking up at the sky and I can't see any stars. But mm. the more I look, the, not that the more I look is like there has to be at least one star. Right. And I saw one really faint star. Yeah. After I was observing the sky for you know maybe maybe a minute or two, mm. I was like there has to be at least one. But in the very spot that I looked in the first place, there was a star. <laughs> I just didn't see it initially. Like I had to really, to really think about it for right. some reason. Right. But I, well, it's I, like your eyes adjusting to to that shade. Yeah, it's yeah, something to do with it. But it's like before they even adjusted, I knew that's where the, that's where the one star was. <laughs> right. And the more I looked at it, there was two stars really close together, <laughs> and they started to to dance around each other. What? Yeah, really, really faint. And I thought, is there really two stars or is my mind, my eyes playing tricks on me? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I wasn't wearing my glasses. So, you know, I think my mind is just projecting something interesting because I was, I wanted something. I was calling upon something interesting. Or was <laughs> right. there something there in the beginning the whole time? <laughs> like something different. Right. So, were there any news reports of dancing stars that night? I don't. I don't check the news. Okay. But I thought maybe it was a glitch in some kind of cloaking device from, yeah. from you know those NSA guys that follow me around. <laughs> <laughs> right. Could be. I don't know if the NSA operates in like flying saucers and stuff like that. I don't, I don't really think that's it. I, I don't job. know enough to say they don't. That's, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Nobody knows what they do. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, uh, that's interesting. You know, for a, while, a long time, they did, people would joke and say NSA stands for no such agency. But now it's, of course, with Edward Snowden got thrown into the into the public light and now um, people think about it more often. But you, I, I have to wonder, I mean, uh, like all this money goes unaccounted for in the, in, in the United States government budget, um, like just before 9-11, uh, Donald Rumsfeld was was going to be accused of um, of several trillion dollars just go- going missing from from the defense budget, and nobody really, I guess, n- still nobody really knows where it went. Uh, and I have to wonder, you know, if, with a couple of trillion dollars, yeah, you could probably start a couple of organizations, secret government organizations, um, somehow siphon off uh, un- other funds and stuff like that. I mean, there must be. There must be at least one. There's probably 10, 20 secret government organizations. Yeah. That's just just an idea. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't want to uh, beat it because I think you're right. <laughs> I, I think, you know, that there's no limit what you can do with that kind of money. Yeah. Yeah. People, rich people would never see all that money ever in the one place. Mm. Like I'm talking over a whole lifetime. You would mm. never see that kind of money. So... What's possible is, yeah. But if you don't, Donald Rumsfeld, you could just take a million dollar bill and wipe your ass with it, and, and nobody ever questions you. <laughs> okay, all that—that's out there, right? All that info. I mean, that's not invisible. Yeah, it's yeah. common knowledge now, and it doesn't seem to affect the integrity of of money. <laughs> it's like as a company, we, we say the, the United States and their and their internal money mm. um, is a company that doesn't have their, their books in order, how, how does the rest of the world just go along with that? <laughs> well, they don't, they don't exactly. I mean, it's not like they, they, they go willingly. They have a choice. You're right. They yeah, don't. Yeah. They kind of get, get dragged along with it. So, <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, that's funny. How, yeah, nobody... Well, I mean, I mean, a lot of people are starting to question it, but, you know... Um, of course, mainstream media just follows the same old stories and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, more and more people are questioning that. So I guess, I guess that's a thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, the other thing I was going to talk about the other day, trimming my balls. You got to trim, got to trim your balls. My ex-girlfriend used to tell me that, um, you know, when you, when you, Look at a, a, you know, you're about to eat a, eat a steak or something, and then you notice it's like covered in fur. Um, 
you don't really want to <laughs> you don't really want to you know wrap your mouth around it so that's <laughs> so that's a, that's an important piece of advice anyway so i was trimming my balls and and then um i was like oh what what if i slip and you know miss the, get, get the wrong spot and and you know cut cut my balls uh and then this this vague indistinct thought like bubbled up still a little below the surface and it's like well you know just use your other set i'm like what <laughs> yeah, you still got your other set what 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 other set and i'm trying to interpret this thought like what could that possibly mean uh, <laughs> uh and um, uh, i i ended up interpreting it like well, it's, still, it's still describing like these these two realities, and one I cut my balls, and, and the other I don't cut my balls, and uh, I just uh, like slide onto the the one where I don't cut my balls and continue my life with uncut balls, and I guess that's what I did because I didn't cut my balls, so I must have chose the the right path, or or at least in the short term, what appeared to be the right path. Mm. Well, there's two things here that I notice. Yeah. The first one is interesting that you're you're witnessing your own mind, you know, in real time as you carry out activities. Uh, and the second thing is, you must have made the decision not to cut your balls before you even started; <laughs> otherwise, you would have. Well, I, <laughs> my motivation, you know, my prime in, intent here definitely wasn't to cut my balls. That wasn't like top of the list of priorities here. That was, you know. Okay, okay, but I mean, that wouldn't have been. Oh, you obviously weren't in a rush. <laughs> because I, I never cut your balls when you're in a rush. That's, the, that's tip two for the day. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, because if you were in a rush, then you probably would have been thinking about where you needed to be rather than what you're doing, and then the if, outcome if of what I you're doing. If I was in a rush, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be trimming my balls. <laughs> no, but you know, you, you're going out to this uh, to this restaurant. You're about to deliver the steak. <laughs> You know, you want to make sure that it's no. I had I had top. many many hours to prepare, so that was, okay. that wasn't such. A, yeah, yeah. See, what, what I what I think's happening here is that the fact that, that thought came forward mm. is is because you know your your unconscious mind is is choosing that mm. you know the outcome of the activity. Mm. So because you, you didn't want the negative outcome of cutting yourself, you were able to see your own mind thinking about. I better take my time and care here and not cut myself. Mm. So, you know, that was the choice that your subconscious made. Otherwise, you would have cut yourself, right? Mm. Yes. Was, I, think, <laughs> I think a lot of us make decisions without thinking about it. Mm. And, uh, and then these things kind of play out and you're like, whoa, I was lucky that time. Well, that was a bullet I dodged. But, you know, <laughs> you, already, you chose to do your shoelaces up. You know what I mean? Like little things that you choose to do well or mm. with care and, yeah. like, and it avoids future issues where most people that aren't witnessing their mind just kind of just run through the whole day, you know, banging their toes and hitting their head, slamming mm. the car door in their hand, you know, all these kind of little things that you do when you're not mm. thinking about what you're doing. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's kind of been, uh, you know, this new age being mindful. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of cool, but I mean, but who cares? You got two sets of balls. Yeah, it's alright. I'll just use my other pair. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you you had this experience too. We won't go into detail, but you were talking about how. Um, how you you had this you you were thinking about something that happened long ago and you were like thinking about well you know what if what if I did make that different life decision and it was kind mm. of, it's stick, sticking in your mind a little bit there okay um, well see this is the thing I I don't know whether it's it's happening organically mm. or whether it's happening because there's certain uh, energies that are that's coming through mm. because was, a couple of days ago. Um, you know, where it was the between the 23rd of September through the 28th of September, it's supposed to, like now, it's supposed to be like this higher energy uh, time. Mm. 
Mm. It's like there's there's a lot going on. There's uh, you know Mars and Venus started going in the same direction together. There was like there's other there's other energies like astronomical influences, mm-hmm. and you know I started reading commentators that follow this this type of thing, and you know they're saying okay you know with the with these this is what this means like you know all the star signs and all that it's all getting blended into one big star sign we're all the same time like right now this moment and we're all being affected by what's up there right now at this moment so i put out a tweet like you know after reading a few articles it's like hey, these next weeks are going to be very uh, self-critical we're going to be entering ourselves thinking about um analyzing our our life you know where what we're doing and where we've been <laughs> and that's a tweet that i essentially put out there you know don't get ca- don't get caught up in your own head <laughs> and i'm finding myself i'm getting caught up in my own head Right you know, to the to the point that my dreams are being affected by possible life choices that I could have made or that I have made mm-hmm. because you know I'm still alive is my life <laughs> in the last couple of years right so you know it's like you know what if I didn't get married or what if I got married to you know an ex girlfriend or something you know like these kind of you ideas said you weren't going to say that no, well there's no, there's no names <laughs> yeah, mentioned in the you know, in the, the doghouse right the now of, uh, right. <laughs> well, it's like that. That's that's an example that um, that that I've. I mean, you know, first coming up, my first year of being married, you start to wonder, like, you know, what happens if I didn't get married? Like, you know, where would I be? What would I be doing? Oktoberfest, eating loot fisk. Um, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't explain that comment. Yeah, loot fisk. Do you know? Do you know what loot fisk is? No, it's the national dish of Norway. It's uh, jellied fish, so they they like. I'm I'm trying to remember this, this uh, but it, it goes something like: you pour lye over the fish, uh, leave it in a bucket outside overnight, and then uh, and and then you can eat this disgusting, sloppy mess of jellied fish. I mean, the 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 people. Um, the, there's a joke when you say. Um, you know the best way to to make loot fish, the the best way to make it really tasty, um, the the most delicious loot fish that you could possibly make. Um, you you pull the lye over the fish, um, nail it to a board, especially of of oak. Um, wait till the next day, then you throw away the fish and eat the board. That's how you make the best loot fish. I've never tried it. Yeah, but I'm I'm wondering how do you neutralize the lie, or does that burn you? Or does that... I don't know how that works. I mean, you can't. Do that. <laughs> that's that's why you throw it away because the board's any good bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> cool. So you know, shifting realities, trimming balls, marrying ex girlfriends, and and all that type of shit. I'm just saying, there's there's a there's a lot of irrelevant um, thought process going on, like reflections that um, it's like you, you, you begin to wonder like what if, and the thing is when it, when it affects your dreams, it's so real, like there's an alternate reality somewhere else where you made those choices differently. Mm. Mm. It's real. <laughs> I, I went there yesterday. But it's not, it's not real now. It's part of an alternate reality. So from, from our perspective, it's not real. Just keep shifting, man. Yeah, keep keep shifting. <laughs> All right. So my name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Battle. And we are the Paradise Paradox. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Trouble Bubble. You can catch me at Battle AZ. Yep, at B-A-T-T-L-E-A-Y-Z-E-E. And jump onto Facebook, press like on Facebook, hold your mouse cursor over the like button and press get notifications so you can get that interesting information in your feed, some more tasting, delicious, loot fist, time-bending, reality-shifting devices that we release the blueprints for on our channel. And uh, you can press like on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, um, and uh, subscribe on Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you like the show, we appreciate it. And uh, jump onto the paradiseparadox.com. You can uh, leave a comment on the post there. And uh, you can look through all our previous stuff and, and 
look it up and find out how how crazy our ideas get when they get crazy they get pretty damn crazy more than a little bit of crazy and then you see the, the donate button at the top or you go to donate.theparadiseparadox.com and uh, we're just asking for a little tip there. Suggested donation $1 per episode that you like, one US dollar. Um, so if you can give us a, a little bit of cashola, we would appreciate that. Yeah, we do, we do put a lot of effort into these. We work hard, we, we slave away, uh, sitting in front of a camera talking complete nonsense. So we do like it when, when you hard show. Work. Yeah, yeah, very hard work. Yeah, very hard. this. See this sweat on my brow? Crazy. Uh, so so we do appreciate <laughs> it. If you, if you, um, you know, the goodness of your heart right there, uh, we do appreciate that. Cool. So jump on to theparadiseparadox.com again and you see at the top it's got a shop Amazon link so you can jump through there and buy a copy of the Hatsu Yoga Prada Pika and, and, you know, let it sit on your shelf collecting dust while you go off and fuck bitches and smoke mad weed and shit. That's um, probably what a lot of yogis do when they retire. Yeah, I know they do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yep. So maybe buy James Randi's book or Yuri Geller's book or some shit. Um, but <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff on Amazon. You can buy buy some books, watch some movies, whatever, um, and uh, use that link. It'll just help us out a little bit, have us, give us a, a little commission and keep up the high production quality that we have here, buy a new microphone, set up a studio, and uh, start r- recording podcasts on the surface of the moon. So... That's, that's a couple of things you can do to help us out. So we do appreciate you listening here. Um, yeah, remember to comment, give us a note, send us some, some links and stuff. And uh, yeah, keep, keep cool. Stay cool.